the New Zealand cannabis referendum, made possible by the Green Party Coalition Agreement, will be close. It could go either way. If New Zealand loses the cannabis referendum, it was a valiant effort given the massive challenge, because so much ground has been lost over the past decade. In January 2011 New Zealand was on the cusp of transformational drug reform. Coinciding with my arrival to the country, the comprehensive and bold reform recommendations by the 2011 Law Commission Review of the Misuse of Drugs Act had just been published. It was a major and carefully considered study carried out by a well-respected team. The three-year independent report carried gravitas and authority. The document set the scene for reimagining and refocusing New Zealand drug policy away from abstinence, away from a brain disease model of addiction, and away from drug-free propaganda, towards an evidence-based approach of living with drugs through legal regulation, harm reduction and human rights. The Law Commission recommended a mandatory cautioning scheme for all personal drug possession, legalization of all drug-related utensils, greater leniency for social dealing avoiding the use of prison and rescinding the MDA to be replaced with a new act administered by Health Department not the Justice Department. The Comprehensive Law Commission report published in 2011, should have kick-started a sweeping movement of public debate and education leading to a decade of drug policy reform informed by a mature drug policy debate and ever-evolving evidence base. A key player in shaping and coordinating drug policy is the New Zealand Drug Foundation, the lead drug policy NGO, heavily funded by the government. But during this period the Drug Foundation steered drug agencies and managed, some might say manipulated, thinking around drug policy on behalf of the then, national government. The National Party have as they do now, remained firmly prohibitionist and anti-drugs. National MPs have a mandate to vote no in the cannabis referendum. Arguably, despite their funding base, as the lead NGO the New Zealand Drug Foundation, NZDF, should have seized the opportunities to mobilize support arising from the authoritative Law Commission review to push, advocate and seek to implement key reform recommendations, to raise public consciousness and awareness about drugs and expose the propaganda, futility and harm from prohibitionist drug policies. However, a combination of fear, ignorance and vested interest appears to have deterred many individuals and drug agencies from engaging in an open and honest evidence-based discussion around New Zealand drug laws and policies. Maybe this is no surprise given the pervasive culture of dirty politics. Instead of harm reduction, by 2012 the Drug Foundation were heralding the rollout in New Zealand of the USA-styled drug abstinence courts that involve coercive measures, including frequent random drug testing, alcohol ankle tags and punishments to help people they called addicts to fight the disease and become drug-free. Following the initial pilot, drug abstinence courts have been extended and expanded to other areas of New Zealand. By August 2013 the NZDF set up an invite-only multi-agency gathering to write up new directions in drug policy producing a document that seemed to have given up hope or commitment to goals set out in the Law Commission report. Instead, the NZDF delivered a 40-page dossier entitled The Wellington Declaration that attempted to keep everyone happy. A document that sought the compromise of a broad church while sidestepping, the key reform recommendations from the Law Commission overlooking much-needed harm reduction measures such as naloxone take-home and drug checking, and ignoring the issues of meth house testing, drug testing beneficiaries and drug presence testing of drivers. In November that year the Drug Foundation hosted their second cannabis conference on health risks in which they invited Kevin Sabay from SAM USA to speak about preventing and treating cannabis use. This was a wasted opportunity at best. 
It should have been a conference to enlighten agencies, the media and the public on alternatives to cannabis prohibition, and start the much-needed debate and thinking. In 2013 we also saw the introduction of the Psychoactive Substances Act 2013 that the Associate Health Minister Peter Dunn claimed would be the knockout blow to drugs, by ending the cat-and-mouse game of having to ban each drug separately in the MDA 1975, this new act banned every new psychoactive drug before it's even discovered. The PSA 2013 introduced new possession and supply offenses but was mischievously sold to reformers as its world-leading reform because if a psychoactive substance could be proved safe it could in theory be eventually be legally regulated. The legislation was unanimously backed by the National Party because it widened the net of prohibition, and not surprisingly not a single NPS was ever deemed safe enough to be regulated due to the hoops and hurdles demanded. During this period drug testing beneficiaries, drug testing employees and drug testing houses for traces of methamphetamine became rampant, resulting in redundancies, suspension of benefits and evictions. It spawned many new drug testing businesses. There was little protest, virtually no user voice and little or no significant outcry against these injustices from key stakeholders. In 2017 the tough abstinence and intolerance approach, at the heart of prohibition, was bolstered further by a new law substance addiction, Compulsory Assessment and Treatment, Act 2017 to force people to get treatment, despite the lack of evidence based to support compulsory treatment, and despite the human rights concerns. The act crept in quietly and nothing was said. So this was the context within which in 2018 the Labour-Green-NZ First Coalition announced New Zealand would consider legalizing recreational cannabis via a referendum. The public had been spoon-fed prohibitionist propaganda for most of the past of a decade, with none of the main agencies or NGOs seriously advocating or arguing for the robust alternatives sown in the 2011 Law Commission review. It is interesting that the campaign to legally regulate cannabis has failed to address the real issue, prohibition. Instead, prohibitionist discourse has been accepted and adopted with slogans such as regulate cannabis to reduce the harms it can cause, let's get cannabis under control by regulating it, and protect our young people. Implying the drug is out of control or dangerous, when the problem is that prohibition is out of control, prohibition is dangerous and it is prohibition that is ruining lives. Hardly surprising so many discussions have centered on the risks, effects and harms of cannabis rather than the risks, effects and harms of prohibition. Let us be clear about the additional harms created by prohibition. It means the person has 1. No idea of the strength of the drug. 2. No guarantee about the purity or indeed content of the drug purchased, it could be contaminated or even mixed with toxic ingredients that could cause serious harm, even death. 3. Have to buy the drug underground dash exposing the person to the vagaries of a potentially dangerous criminal underworld with no legal recourse for consumer protection. 4. Is placed at risk of acquiring a criminal record for drug possession, which would have lifelong damaging consequences upon employment prospects, education, insurance, travel and housing. 5. Buying, using and or sharing drugs puts the person at risk of serious criminal sentences such as a drug court order with a residential rehabilitation requirement, random drug testing, even imprisonment. 6. The drug has to be used in secret. For some people this may mean using in an isolated location which could be potentially dangerous, such as a condemned building, under a railway bridge, by a river etc. 7. Has to hide their use of the drug making it more difficult to manage and harder to seek help, support or advice if problems arise. 
8. If the person has a life-limiting medical condition that's untreatable and can't afford and or can't access expensive legal medical cannabis, trying to acquire a regular reliable supply underground places further strain and pressure upon the sick person. 9. Enforcement drug laws unfairly target poor people, young people and indigenous people, and once a young person who is already disadvantaged gets a criminal record for drugs, opportunities become severely limited. 10. Using valuable police time to scour the countryside to dig up plants, stop and search people, carry out dawn raids, dash time that could be better spent catching criminals and protecting victims from physical-slash-sexual violence, trespass, theft and burglary. 11. Prohibition enforcement fuels an extremely lucrative underground illegal market where disputes and turf wars can't get resolved by arbitration, consumer rights or the courts, disputes get resolved by violence, knives, baseball bats and guns. 12. Drugs such as cannabis are used widely, but the entire market from seeds, growing, the equipment, the preparation, marketing, packaging and profit is entirely unregulated, unaccountable, underground and undeclared. This existing lucrative underground business is losing the country millions of dollars in tax revenue and employment opportunities. The public will decide the New Zealand cannabis referendum, but the public have been duped by relentless prohibitionist propaganda that has gone largely unchallenged. Since the Misuse of Drugs Act in 1975, and apart from some knee-jerk reactions to the HIV-AIDS threat in the 1980s that resulted in accommodating needle exchanges and substitute prescribing, a U.S.-styled anti-drugs propaganda has dominated NZ drug policies, leaving the public ill-prepared and ill-informed to understand the referendum issues. Since 2011 numerous influential speakers have been invited over from the USA to perpetuate abstinence and prohibitionist approaches, including Dr. Kevin Sabay, President of SAM USA, Smart Approaches to Marijuana, Dr. Tom McClellan ex-USA Deputy Drug Czar, the late Christopher Kennedy Lawford USA and Recovery Champion and the USA Superior Judge Peggy Ora and her team who run drug abstinence courts based on the brain disease model of addiction. The strong connections and support from the USA prohibitionists are firmly established here in New Zealand and continue to shape our drug policies. USA propaganda has been fundamental in supporting the no vote. On the back of a major law commission review that recommended in 2011 rescinding the existing drug law, the past decade in New Zealand should have been so different. The groundwork for major reform should have been done. Instead, we have witnessed a tidal wave of unchallenged prohibitionist policies that makes a mature and informed rational discussion on legal regulation extremely difficult. New Zealand is the first country in the world to ask voters about cannabis legalization, I wish we were better prepared. I just hope we are not the first country in the world to reject cannabis legalization. Prohibition is such a monster, but we have only ourselves to blame.